Hello, teacher friends. Welcome to episode 41 of the Beyond Measure podcast. Christina Whitlock here, your anytime piano teacher friend, ready to offer a shout out of solidarity to anyone in the independent music teaching profession anytime you need it. (laughs) Today, we are talking about the importance of being solid. (laughs) Not sure what I mean by that. Well, hang out for a moment, or 20, and I'll tell you. In full disclosure, today's episode draws very heavily on an episode from one of my podcasting role models, who is writer Emily P. Freeman. You may know Emily as the host and creator of a podcast titled The Next Right Thing. Uh, That podcast is designed for those of us who suffer from decision fatigue. That is so me, by the way. So back in the day, The Next Right Thing was the first podcast that I ever started listening to on an actual weekly basis. Of course, many more podcasts have joined my weekly listening list now, but The Next Right Thing was my first. So anyway, today I am putting my own piano teacher spin on Emily's 127th episode, which is titled don't try to be great. Even after listening to today's episode here, I would still recommend giving hers a listen as well because I just happen to think it's really good. So that's episode 127 of the Next Right Thing podcast. Anyway, the premise of that episode comes from author Charles Whelan in his book, Ten and a half things no commencement speaker has ever said. (laughs) So, in that book, he tells a story of a piece of advice he received from a journalist named Phil Ponce uh, just before filming a live interview. Charles noted that he was quite nervous, and Phil Ponce looked at him and uttered these words Don't try to be great, just be solid. Well, my friends, when I heard those words for the first time, don't try to be great, just be solid, I felt as though a huge spotlight had just been shined on a lifelong struggle that I never knew that I actually had. (laughs) Whelan goes on to say in his book that he knew how to be solid He knew he could do that. He knew what he was talking about. It's that whole like trying to wow your audience that gets us in trouble. And when I heard that on Emily's podcast, I just can't even begin to tell you adequately how this problem (laughs) describes my personal downfalls as a musician and in like a million other aspects of life. (laughs) I have very high standards for myself. And I mean, that's good, right? That's part of what makes successful students, yes? And for that matter, successful teachers, same story, right? So, of course, we should all strive to be great or spectacular or whatever you want to say. But how many times 
does our focus on being amazing distract from the very necessary step of just being solid? I am speaking largely from my own experience here today, but I do happen to know many musicians as well as many educators who struggle with this same thing. For example, how many times as a performer at many different ages did I insist on playing a repertoire that was a bit beyond my abilities at the time? (laughs) Well, the answer, unfortunately, is that multiple past instructors of mine will tell you that I am apparently very persuasive when I want to be, and I definitely had a way of talking them into larger repertoire than I probably should have been playing. (laughs) Now, as the more informed musician that I am today, and of course, also knowing that hindsight is twenty twenty, <laughs> I see this as a definite recurring pattern in my life. And I'm talking from ages like 14 through maybe 26. <laughs> multiple teachers, multiple over-assigned performances, and, you know, the only common factor there is myself and my ambition. <laughs> well... I guess when I think about it, I was just in such a hurry to be amazing that I didn't place enough attention and enough merit on just being solid. Even aside from the actual leveling of repertoire, I think I have a strong tendency in most of my endeavors to try and slide past the solid stage and jump straight for the wow. (laughs) I see this in my own practice habits, where I often want to dive right into the deepest artistic nuances of a piece before it's even fully in my fingers. Similarly, of course, we all have those students who try and bypass the solid phase of a piece, And what do they do? They play at tempos that are far beyond their control, right? (laughs) Same old story. Instead of continually harping on students to, quote, slow down or, quote, play steady, (laughs) try encouraging them to play at a tempo that allows them to feel solid (laughs) or sturdy, Those are two words that I tend to have great success with. Solid and sturdy. (laughs) As performers, I believe that we all need to spend more time in phases that allow us to feel solid. (laughs) Have you ever purposely performed a piece at a notably slower tempo just to experience what it feels like to nail everything you want. (laughs) I was encouraged to do this in graduate school for a studio performance class, and I was mind blown at how good it actually felt. You know, our brains and our bodies respond very favorably to being able to say that we executed every single thing we'd hoped for, regardless of whether or not we were completely up to tempo or not. 
it feels good to do everything the way you wanted to do it. I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir here, of course, (laughs) but if that's the case, I just want to add fuel to your fire today that encouraging our students to practice to a point where pieces feel stable is what we all need to do more often. It's like trying to deep clean your kitchen while there's still piles of junk all over the counters. You can't even get to what needs cleaning until you clear up the stuff. It doesn't matter what kind of furniture you have in your living room or what's hanging on the walls, because Better Homes and Gardens is never going to come photograph your space if the room is a mess. So, yes, musicians need this reminder. Whatever stage of the game you're in, I think we all need it. But now let's talk about teachers. (laughs) Do you ever feel like you are so caught up in trying to be a, like, notably impressive teacher that you get off track in your actual teaching? I happen to think this happens a lot. Friends, you should know by now that I absolutely love the variety of resources and materials that are available to us as music teachers. Like, I love them and I buy a lot of them. (laughs) But it doesn't matter how many games you play or how much technology you use or how eloquent your studio policy is written. If you are not just solid in your approach to teaching, (laughs) have you ever found yourself like beholden to a specific method series or a teaching philosophy? As in, even though you can sense this method is not working for the student sitting in front of you, you're also committed hook, line, and sinker to this particular methodology and you don't know what to do? Well, I've been there. Have you ever spent so much time trying to engage your students with activities and anecdotes and apps during their lesson that you ended up sending them home with little to no direction as to what they were supposed to do for the week? (laughs) I've been there. Have you ever had a parent observing a lesson and you felt a compelling need to wow them with your amazingness? (laughs) But maybe, just maybe, your way of throwing a bunch of new impressive things into the mix actually ended up deterring from the effectiveness of your usual teaching? I've been there. (laughs) In fact, I've been there lots of times. (laughs) For instance, I usually allow local university pedagogy students to come observe my teaching as part of their course requirements. So I know that I have caught myself on more than one occasion working way too hard to show them all of my innovative approaches and all of the engaging materials I use. And in doing that, I have completely failed in my mission to show them what a real lesson with me is actually like. (laughs) See, in an attempt to prove my awesomeness, I neglected being solid. Just as Charles Wieland said in my opening story today, of all things in life, 
I am actually incredibly confident in my ability to deliver solid piano lessons. (laughs) I have worked hard to perfect that art. I have studied and observed and pondered and experimented, and I've come to a place where even though I'm always learning, I do, in fact, feel like I know what goes into the execution of a solid music lesson. (laughs) The question is, how many times do I veer off course just because I try a little too hard to be awesome? (laughs) Hmm. All suffice to say, (laughs) the incredible number of activities and supplements that we have available to us as teachers in today's age I mean, it's so beneficial to us, right? I am grateful for many, 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 many of them. (laughs) But if you are ever focused more on the next great piece of technology or the next publication by a certain composer or whatever it may be, if you are ever more focused on any one of those things more than you are focused on the student sitting in front of you and the simple question of, hey, how can I make this person a better musician today? Well, I'm afraid you're in need of a refocus, my friend. (laughs) I dare say you need to focus on being solid. Less attention on being fantastic. More focus on being solid. Solid is good. (laughs) Of course, in the lesson setting, it should also be noted that any amount of excess attention you are giving to how others are perceiving you, (laughs) whether it be obsessing over what your student thinks of you or what their family thinks of you, well, (laughs) all of that attention is heading in the wrong direction. Your attention needs to be focused on your student and their musical progress. (laughs) If you're busy thinking about you, well, I guess I'll borrow a quote from episode 24 where I used my husband's terrific Dr. Phil impression, it ain't about you. (laughs) The concept of seeking solid before spectacular can apply to many aspects of life. I see it in myself when I build presentations to give to other music teacher groups. Strange but true, little behind the scenes information for you here, I cannot build content for a session until I get my slideshow theme and overall visual aesthetic of the presentation established. (laughs) Now, I don't know if that's really bad or not because it all works out in the end, but I do think it speaks to the fact that I often prioritize looking impressive before I'm even able just to build solid content. Again, fortunately, it all works out, but that part of my process just fascinates me a little bit. Anyway, before we get too off track, Can we just all agree that it is oh so important for us as educators and as musicians to focus on being solid before we worry about being spectacular? Furthermore, can we agree this is a very important step to be reinforcing for our students? Think about this for a moment. 
Do you feel like your teachers growing up emphasized this need to be solid before you worried about being amazing? I would love to know your experiences and your thoughts on this exact topic. So please don't hesitate to send me a message this week and let me know if this resonates with you or if you like vehemently disagree with me. That's fine too. (laughs) But as we wrap up today, here is a toast from me to you. Music teacher friends of the world, (laughs) we know that we carry responsibilities of teaching our students concepts far beyond the music to help them become successful contributors to the worlds around them. May none of us as educators or as musicians ourselves be tempted this week to sidestep the importance of being solid as we seek out higher descriptors. May we all look inside of ourselves and search for potential shortcomings. So when we seek to improve our efforts in this profession, we might truly improve the aspects that need it and not what doesn't. As the saying goes, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? (laughs) And since I'm here using the word ain't, I'll offer up one more reminder that in the end, it ain't about us. (laughs) It's about the students. (laughs) Always. Cheers to you, my student-centered teacher friends. Hear, hear. Okay, well, that maybe felt a little preachy today, so I guess I'll take a step down off my soapbox now and open the floor for your commentary. (laughs) Seriously, maybe I am just completely neurotic, but this concept of solid before spectacular just speaks to me on a deep, deep level. I'm sure there are those of you out there who do not struggle with this, in which case, please don't write me off as a total crazy person, because regardless of your own tendencies, I can pretty much promise you that you have students who need to learn this lesson. They want so desperately to please you, to wow you, that they are very likely sidestepping some very important things in their practice time. <sighs> Even saying that, sa- that statement, I can so picture my 14-year-old self so desperate to impress everyone and so afraid of being mediocre. But the truth is, I would have likely accomplished far more had I been able to really focus more on being solid first. Anyway, don't forget to like and follow the Beyond Measure podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. Oh, and on Pinterest now too. You can also always email me at beyondmeasurepodcast at gmail.com. Written reviews on Apple Podcasts are super appreciated. So if you're looking for something to do today, go hop on over to Apple Podcasts and write me a positive review. That'd be amazing. (laughs) Anyway, until next week, friends, let's all be solid, (laughs) work hard, rest well, and be nice.